Hello, all, and welcome to episode six of Geeks and Films. I'm Tiger, and as always, I'm joined by Yoshimitsu. I'm hungry. This episode, we're going to talk about a movie that um, it, it really touched my heart. You know, I just thought, even though we didn't really make many announcements of this ahead of time, it, it just felt like I had to talk about it, you know? Probably the greatest piece of cinema of the 19th century. Yes, exactly. So this film is called The Passage of Venus. The, this film w- yes this film was written by the universe it was produced and directed by Jules Jansen and the additional crew and camera operator was done by Francisco Antonio de la Ida Jr. the casting part- includes the sun and Venus which was played by Yoshimitsu's mother uh, wait what <laughs> As a, oh come on okay uh, uh, extras include Mercury, Mars, and Earth, although most of the time they're off camera. Francisco Antonio de la Ida was the cameraman. The process for the film started when Emmanuel Lies, the director of the Imperial Observatory of Rio de Janeiro, asked the French government to send an observatory employee, which who was um, Francisco Antonio de la Maida Jr., alongside a team of people to capture the 1874 transit of Venus. Almeida aided Jules Jansen in capturing the transit, which was captured in Japan near Nagasaki. Now, it was captured on some mountain. I think it was Mount Kombira, but I looked it up, and apparently this mountain doesn't seem to exist, or the mountain is just gone, and it's now um, a Shinto shrine, I think. Let's get into the meat of this film. First off, uh, Yoshimitsu, what are your memories of this experience of a film? I was about to say, I mean, I can't say that I experienced it, but uh, it's... um... It's a very compelling film. There's so much depth to it, whether it's depth or um, just poor camera quality. I had to watch it several times to understand what was going on. It was very, very well done. Um, I, I think all things considered, um, maybe next time they could add a bit of a color filter, but like, I don't know that they had that available in 1970s, but 1870s. 1870s. Um, what about you? What are your memories? Um, let's see. When I was three years old, my mother took me to the cinema to watch this majestic wonder of a piece. And this is the only time I've ever cried watching a movie just because of I thought you were going to say it's the only time you've ever cried and just leave it at that. <laughs> it, it would have made just as much sense, though, because it is truly one of the most moving and most awe-inspiring films yes, it, it that really history was. has to offer. I begged my mother to watch it again, and I saw it in the theater four times. Four times. Over and the course of two minutes. Exactly. What I did was I, um, I made my mother buy this movie on VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, and I just recently bought it on 4K because it's just that good. I need more of it in my collection. So also, good he rented it on Xbox and didn't return it. Also, fun fact, the reason I um, I chose this film out of all early films at all is because it is the very first film registered on Letterboxd, which I mentioned um, in our last episode, and on IMDb. So it's technically the first movie ever. Let's go through the plot. The sun is in the background. There are a couple of frames of nothing. And then you see Venus move ever so slowly across the sun. 
as the camera somewhat flickers at a glorious 47 frames. And then the, the Venus moves to the middle and then the movie ends. So um, that Honestly, is the- it's almost as smooth as Minecraft on my computer. Almost as smooth as Minecraft on a Chromebook. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> no, it's probably smoother than Minecraft on a Chromebook. Honestly, Minecraft on a 1972 IBM PC. Um, Something like that. Yeah. Yoshimitsu, who is your favorite character in this movie? I mean, of course, the roles of Venus and the sun are very crucial, but I, I just love the humor that is brought into the film by the character Mercury. Absolutely hilarious. The actor did an excellent job. I can't remember their name. Um, so apologies, but excellent job. It was absolutely hilarious. What about you? Favorite character? Um, let's see. The sun gives off such like this warm emotional vibe that I can't help but be attached to that character. So, I mean, some people may disagree, but I'm going to put that one as number one. Least favorite part. Well, I mean, the the introduction to the film, I mean, it was intriguing, but like there's nothing going on. It's kind of just sitting there at blank frames for solid second or two. So I didn't exactly enjoy that. There was nothing going on blank space i mean i kind of agree but almost in the same way that i disagreed about um maul's death scene in inception where it's like it's both the worst scene but it's done so well that it just works you know yeah Um, exactly and um so basically in this it's like there's so much tension so much suspense the entire rest of the movie rides on the blankness of the introduction so I feel like it carries well enough that it works really well. But I mean, compared to the it, the rest of it, ugh, I don't know. I mean, it's technically my least favorite scene, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, favorite be. part of this movie? Uh, I mean, it really leaves you with a cliffhanger. What's going to happen? Like Venus just ends in front of the sun. And I, I'm, I'm kind of one for cliffhanger endings, and I quite enjoyed that. Although, yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. What about you? Favorite part? Um, see, I want to say the final two frames because um, Venus's journey, the entirety of it, has been leading up to this moment. And literally, in reality, th- since 1874, there has only been one other similar transit of Venus across the sun, and that was in 2009 or 2012. It was like, And did two- they make a film of it? No. There are probably several well, on the internet, but this you're one is probably just right. so YouTube unique, poops. so interesting. It's probably YouTube poops of it. <laughs> I'd love, to, I'd love to see somebody make a YouTube poop of this. It would be so amazing. It reminds me if somebody made a two-minute YouTube poop out of the five-second video of a waffle falling over. What? And yes, that really happened. We'll put it in the description. It was, yeah, it was actually made by a guy that I uh, followed on Scratch for a bit, but then he just went to YouTube. Um. But yeah, my favorite part is just the final two frames, just because of how good it is. And everything has co- come to fruition in this moment, basically. I also forgot the um the camera also kind of acted as the composer of this film because it was limited by the technology of its time, yet it still was a compelling listen. And I downloaded the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Every device I have downloaded the soundtrack on it. I even bought it on. Pirated CD. It on- I even I pirated it-, it on cassette, like. I put it on laser disc, man. Just because put it, it on vinyl. It, it, it yeah, it called for that. 
Um, uh, but what are your closing thoughts and letter grades? Um, how do I wrap up my thoughts about this? It's there's so much, so much depth. I can't, I cannot wrap up my thoughts. I can't summarize. It's just go watch this film. Absolutely worth it. S plus. Oh, oh, wow. This is our first grade that's higher than an A plus. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Worth it. Absolutely. Nothing oh, else could beat this. Oh, gosh, you're right. That changes Except maybe my... like Shark Boy and Lava Girl. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes, I, I agree. Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Spy Kids 3 has some dramatic similarities, like the gravitas of it in those visual effects. Nearly put it at the level of this movie, but not quite. Um. But yeah, I kind of agree with a lot of it. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of the suspense. The characters were relatable and fun. The emotion, Venus's journey, the support of the all the score is pretty great as well. Yes, like as we said, you pirated it on cassette. Like, exactly. Everything. No one does that unless it's truly fantastic. Yes, everything about this just clicks. I've never seen. A film as great as this one. The Godfather can go take a hike. Compared <laughs> everything to this. about this, everything about this film just clicks. Even the camera. The only film that might truly be better is Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. But we'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> but um, yeah, my letter grade. I'm going to have to give this. Um, I I, I guess instead of, it's so. Vast. I can't do this on like a letter grade scale. I'm gonna have to give this a um out of 10 infinity squared. So um, but if I had to put it in letter grade, S plus as well. It just yes, because infinity squared is apparently not a letter. Yeah. Unfortunate. But um, so first off, Lego sets. This is a tradition for us to talk about. Um, so there were no Direct Lego sets based off of this, but all of the space travel Lego sets seem to be closely related to paying homage to both Venus mm -hmm. and the sun. Video games, oh my gosh, where do I begin? Um, the sun's, I think, most prevalent role in video games is the character of Solera of Astoria, something like that, from the Dark Souls series of games because the sun is literally on his friggin' chest. Of course, that would be paying tribute to this wondrous movie, even though the character did portray the sun in color, which my that's my that's my only complaint with that um, character is subsequent portrayal sort of gave the sun color, which removes some of the. Um... Yeah, guys, it's like genderizing. You don't just assume the sun's color. It's not OK. Exactly. Um, let's see what else. I'm sure there are so many others, but I mean. The sun is a prevalent character in practically every Mario game just because of this film. It's it's in the Mario games. It's in the Zelda games. It's in Takeshi's Challenge. Uh, it's um like if they put an homage to it in Takeshi's Challenge. Yeah, they got to respect it. Like, I mean, even in real life, we've got to give credit to the sun. In fact, the real sun literally shone twice as bright from 1876 onward just because of how amazed it was to have been appeared in this film like we can see it right now too like oh my goodness it's looking luminous 
Yes. Oh my gosh. It, it's amazed me that it's like um the son and Queen Elizabeth have entered an agreement that both are never going to die. Um other video game representation, again, I feel like there's too much. Theme parks. Um, it's a tradition on the Disorder podcast for them to talk about theme park attractions. But yeah, the sun practically has sponsored Disney World at this point. It's hotness they're, and warmth. They're can like be on the Legoland logo as well. Exactly. Every circle is just a tribute to the sun. That's all. All of them. Sadly, Venus did not get as much recommendation of the sun as the sun did in this movie. But I mean, Shame. she's still... Yeah, it's a she because of the the god Venus. Mm-hmm. Um, Venus still has gotten tremendous recommendation. I mean, NASA even formed just because of this film. But we really cannot stress its um, legacy enough. And even better, it's f- available to watch for free online. We're going to have to link this in the description of this episode. It would be a crime for them to put a charge on this movie. It's just yes. unacceptable. And they know this. You can't yes. put a tax on the greatest piece of cinema in history. That's just not acceptable. Exactly. But uh, that wraps up this episode of, uh, I know it's been a little short, but uh, that wraps up this April Fool's episode of Geeks in Films. Yoshimitsu, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Discord and Lego Ideas and Mecha Breaks as Spectre Vamp. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. What about you? Um, you can find me on Scratch's Woodstock 05 and Lego Ideas' Woodstock 05. Also, Mecha Bricks as GNG Tiger and Letterbox as Master Builder 05. Please join our Discord server. You can recommend us other films to review for the show and maybe um, games for our missing years and games. This is uh, we haven't recorded our final episode as of yet. Uh, thank you so much for putting up with this episode. I wanted to do something a little bit dumb and goofy, but I mean, 90% all... of it is fake. Yeah. In all seriousness, this film, it does have an important place in film history. Does it have a plot? I mean, not really, but I still think this film was, I guess, worth take, at least taking a look at so more people know it is technically the first movie, even though it's really more of just a photo scene. Hey, it's a motion picture. But yeah, that wraps up this episode of Geeks and Films. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.